I live? Mike's a hat. You didn't actually go through a gallon in, in 24 hours of milk, did you? Maybe like 28. Did you really? Yeah, but like I was hungover, so it's cheating. Yeah. Is that your hangover cure? Just a ton yeah, of milk? It's, it's my preferred one, yeah. Real? Does it work? Does it help? No, I don't, I don't think anything really helps, but... Um, no. It, Motrin, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I mean, but it's more like... Normally, I don't get a headache and everything. Like, I don't need Tylenol, but like, yeah. it's just I feel awful and... uh it's easier for me. Like I prefer to drink milk than water. Uh, Terry Flaboy, Flaboy 420. La, La, I'm assuming that's Laffy. Come on, man. You have one job. It's not my job. My job is to host a show, pal. I don't put it on. Plus, it's not Jordan's fault either. YouTube was acting up, but we're here. God forbid we're a minute or two late. Jeepers, creepers. Can't win with you guys. What's going on? Welcome to the awesome.com NBA strategy show. Presented by none other than No House Advantage. I'm Dave Lochran at Lafay underscore D on the Twitters. Hit your boy up. Uh, podcast listeners, L-O-U-G-H-Y underscore D. I'm joined as always by Ship My Money DFS. He goes by the name of Adam Share. What's going on, bro? A little 11 game action today? Yeah, glad we're back to, well, I, I'd still prefer it be like a seven or an eight gamer, but uh, nice to not have a four game slate. I at least enjoy slates where like you can have a guy do well and you're not still competing with like 10 plus percent of the field no matter who it is yeah tomorrow's five and then friday's seven yeah those are both good love the seven games yeah nice nice way to close out the week for sure happy to have you guys with us as always it jordan it seems like we're good right mine still says like for waiting and everything but everything else looks good right Yeah, I mean, we're, we're good. We're good. I just wanted to make sure on your end that everything looked cool. Uh, that's weird. It just flipped to how many were watching and how many likes we had, and then it went back to four waiting and five likes. So There's mine no just says four waiting, and it's still a picture of Jason Tatum. Huh. Anyway, can you guys just let us know that we're good uh, in chat? I just want to make sure that everyone out there can hear us, can see us. Like, I see the stream live, but we're all seeing different stuff. So uh, hit that thumbs up if you haven't done so yet. Appreciate all you guys hanging out with us on this Wednesday morning. Subscribe to the channel. Help us get to 50K, or sorry, 75,000 subscribers. We're so close, so close. And uh, if you want to join the channel, hit join down below. Get the free Super Chats each month, the custom emojis. We'll always prioritize your questions and comments uh, with all of our Discord members. And you get those sweet badges. Look, so many different ones in there. The bronze, the gold, the silver. Anyone iced up? Yeah, there it is. Our boy El Negro Loco iced up with the blue one-year badge. So, yeah, if you want to join, we're uh, happy to have you with us here. All right. Yeah, like Jordan said, refresh if, if you're having any trouble. Okay, I, it's good for me now. It shows watching. It shows – I think we're good. I think we're good. Nope, never mind. Right back to where it was. Yeah, so it's still not working for me at all. Yeah, everyone everyone in chat saying we're good. So, let's – and, and it's – we're good. We're good. Let's just talk some basketball. Uh, anyway, how'd your day go yesterday? Uh, came close to even, which was actually a pretty nice surprise. Uh, I thought I was going to lose like 50% for most of the slate. So uh, overall, it wasn't bad. Nice. All right. Well, we got uh, 11 games. I say we dive right into this one. Got a couple minutes late here. So let's make it happen. We got the New York Knicks 
and the Charlotte Hornets first up on the docket today. So I'm just assuming that that was more of a maintenance day for Julius Randle. I mean, as of now, I'm just considering him in. Yeah, I think that's reasonable. Um, I don't really know. I, I think I vaguely remember seeing a quote on Twitter that Randall was day-to-day uh, from Tibbs. But for now, I have no idea what to do with it. Yeah, he rarely misses games, too. So we'll see. But he's, I'm just, as of now, questionable. They're seven-point dogs, 226 total. Uh, yesterday, R.J. Barrett popped off for a, a big game. A lot of Knicks, a lot of Knicks players were, were, were pretty valuable on that four-game slate. They're facing a Charlotte team, though, that, you know, plays at an elevated pace, uh, is not a particularly good defense. But if Randall's back today, I mean, what does that do for the Knicks now? It makes it so you're back to, you know, what we've kind of gotten accustomed to with the Knicks, where Julius Randall at 9,400 is fine. R.J. Barrett at 7,900 still looks good. Uh, obviously not as good as he did last night. Um, but point guard shooting, point guard, small forward, uh, 7,900 for, for Barrett. You're still talking about someone with around a 30% usage rate. If Randall's in, you do get a drop in the expected assist percentage, but also playing huge minutes. So um, if Randall's in, I think Barrett looks like the best play from the Knicks, followed by Randall. Then you get, you know, your obligatory Mitchell Robinson mentioned because he can absolutely destroy this front court uh, if he's out there for enough minutes. Jordan, should I, can you check to see if we're good on Twitch? If anybody wanted to go over there, if they can't watch. We're good on Twitch. Okay. What's our, what's, is it awesome? Underscore com still there. All right. Yeah, yeah. Link, it, this is a YouTube thing. This is not a, an awesome thing. This happens once in a while with live streams. It's fucked up, but um, it, it is just the way it is. So uh, we're live on Twitch. Go over there if you want. I know it's not the preferred method for a lot of us, but uh, it'll get us there for now. Do you want to, is there anything specific to hit on with the Knicks or should we talk a little bit more about Charlotte here on the other side? No, I mean, I think the Knicks are pretty straightforward. Um, if Randall does sit, and obviously we'll talk about this later on shows, but, you know, if Randall does sit, then you just get a replay of yesterday where Obi Toppin is still insanely cheap and mispriced. Uh, RJ Barrett looks better. Alec Burks looks better. But assuming Randall's in for now, um, I think it's kind of Barrett stands out. Randall looks fine. Robinson is a tournament play, as always, and then kind of don't care about the rest of this team. Okay. Yeah, that's easy enough. So let's talk about the Hornets then. Seven-point favorites here. Uh, pretty decent implied total on these guys today. Now, the weird thing about them is when you get Rozier and Bridges and LaMelo, they all kind of fall into that similar pricing tier, which makes things a little bit difficult. And it's really just you know, as far as a pace matchup and defense, it, it gets neutral, but it, it's a big pace down spot. Like I said, though, LaMelo, 89. Miles Bridges, 79. Terry Rozier, 81. Right now, this is a pretty unappealing team when you've got 10 other games to choose from. Yeah, it's it's kind of a weird team because like looking at my projections and having them color coded, like most of this team, they're not like dark red. So like they're not, you know, crazy overpriced, but like none of them stand out either. Um, so it's a team where, you know, like maybe you get to a little bit here and there, but on an 11 game slate, typically I'm not getting to a whole lot that I don't really like. Uh, LaMelo at 8,900 obviously is always in play in tournaments, but you're just going to have plenty of of options in that price range, whether it's at guard or a different position. Same can be said for Bridges and Rozier. Uh, we've talked 
a bit about Washington recently where his price tag on the surface seems kind of favorable, but he's barely playing any minutes at center and all of his rates across the board drop when he's not playing center. So that's a problem. Uh, like last game, he played about four minutes at center. You got 24 from Plumley, You got about 20 from Harrell. The rest went to Washington. That's just not even close to ideal for him from a DFS standpoint. Um, you're probably getting around 24 minutes from Plumley. There's just not a lot that I see here outside of the occasional shots at ball, Rogier Bridges. Yep. Uh, someone said it's working on the phone, not on their TV. So might be working on phone, not desktop. I, I don't know. Again, for those of you guys just joining right now, YouTube, I'll say it again, like 15 minutes if I need to, but YouTube issue, this is not on our end. So if you want to go to Twitch, Jordan threw the link in the, in the, uh, in the chat. Uh, if you want to try it on a different device, you could do that as well. Uh, Jordan, I'm assuming you'll continue to see what's going on here, but as, as of now, we'll just keep going Atlanta and Detroit. Cause we got 11 games to talk about anyway. <clears throat> and I'm assuming that the replay should work. I, I don't know. This is clearly a live issue, but uh, Atlanta playing their second of a back to back today, Adam, the spread on this game, they're five point favorites, 226 total. Uh, everybody for Atlanta looks to be good to go outside of, you know, obviously John Collins, but Bogdanovich played yesterday. He was questionable, played what 40, 34 minutes against the Knicks in that game. Uh, and, and, everybody's here. So uh, you've got a healthy team and you also have an 11 game slate where you've got a lot of high priced players to choose from. Of course, Luca has already been ruled out against Houston. So that takes one out of the mix, but you've got DeJounte Murray against Portland. You have uh, KD against Memphis, Joel Embiid against the Lakers, LeBron against Philly, which I'll tell you why later. That's actually a really good matchup for him. And then you've got Trey Young coming in here against the, uh, the Pistons in another pretty good spot. Yeah, um, assuming that everybody from Atlanta that played yesterday plays today. I mean, it is a back to back. It is a three and four. So there's always some chance that you get somebody ruled out. But assuming they're in, the way I see it is that Trey Young looks very good at 10 four. We know that his production goes up without John Collins. It's another pretty good matchup against Detroit. Um, so he he looks like the best option to me from this team. Um, but then, you know, Capella, Bogdanovich, Gallinari, Herder, Hunter, they're all just sort of like neutral plays where on a smaller slate, I, I would actually be pretty interested. On this particular slate, it's tough for me to really say anything other than like, you know, occasionally maybe I get to them a little bit. But uh, the only guy from Atlanta that I would expect to get to with much frequency is, is Trey Young. Okay. See, this is easy sometimes on these slates because certain teams just aren't appealing uh, oh, these slates are so much easier to talk about. They really are. They are. And it's not even the, it's not even that anyone's intentionally just trying to get in and get out. It's they're just you're not going to you're not going to sit there for 20 minutes and talk about <clears throat> why Kevin Herter could be a good play on an 11. Right. Game. Like I, I'm pretty sure anybody watching the show on March 23rd of an NBA season is aware that Clint Capella at 6500 can have a good game. But when you have 11 games on the slate, you're also not doing anybody a service if you just dive into like, oh, well, Clint Capella could have a good game. And the reason is because sometimes he gets a lot of rebounds and scores a lot of points. Like it's a lot. I think it makes it a lot easier to take information from a show if you do kind of gloss over that stuff and just, you know, have an understanding that like, yeah, he's fine, but there's a million good plays on this slate. So with that in mind, I think you could probably say something very similar again about the Detroit Pistons on the other side of this game. 
Yeah, I think so too. Uh, Cade Cunningham should play a lot of minutes. He has shooting guard, small forward eligibility, but his price tag is also up to $8,700. You have Jeremy Grant back. He's 7,300, Bay 7,400. Like, there's not much from the Pistons that stands out. Um, yeah, you know, not to say you can't have a little bit of Cunningham or Grant or Bay or whatever, but uh, there's just not much that I'm looking at and saying, you know, oh, there's 11 games today. Uh, I'm really looking forward to having Jeremy Grant in my lineups. Easy enough for me, man. Sacramento and Indy. Maybe, maybe we can get maybe we can get into the weeds a little bit with this one, especially given some of the injury news, right? Because I'm I'm it, really enjoying what Sacramento is doing. In what sense? In the sense that I mocked the hell out of them for trading for Sabonis because they were in quote win now mode, and then like two weeks later they are actively tanking and saying that Sabonis and Fox are probably done for the season. Yeah, I love how, and you have to love too how they're like, yeah, Sabonis uh, escaped, escaped a very serious injury here. So if it's you, right, with your conspiratorial line of thinking here, Adam, you're you're saying that, you know, because there were some worries and then I saw all these headlines like Sabonis escaped a serious knee injury. You think this is all just smoke and mirrors, huh? Yeah, and to be fair, I didn't pay a lot of attention to the injury. So, like, I would feel like a dick if De'Aaron Fox and Damana Sabonis are both simultaneously seriously injured and out for the year. That would really suck for the Kings. And then they miss, like, half of next season. Right, yeah. If that's the case, I'm sorry. That really sucks for the Kings. Horrible (laughs) timing. Um, I don't buy it, but yeah. All right, well, De'Aaron Fox is not expected to play he's not officially out yet unless unless he is and i missed it this morning but i, I think he's just basically he, he, not he's listed expected. as doubtful but yeah. uh one of the king's beat writers tweeted yesterday that it's very likely we do not see either of them right, the rest of the right. That is, exactly uh and we already which again goes back to my point of we have a beat writer saying we're probably not going to see these guys the rest of the year and you have the kings pretending like basically saying well he's not actually that hurt he right doubtful. right we'll we'll, re-eva- we'll reevaluate sabonis in a week you know? right. <laughs> <laughs> uh but this is going to just open a lot up the damien and, and this is again why like atlanta and and detroit don't need a lot of talking about that doesn't mean that we're not going to talk about guys that might be that we think might be low owned and and good contrarian options but you don't have to dig into all of that stuff uh, and, and it's not like we're only going to hit on the, the teams that have 30% ownership on anyone e- or on everyone either, but this is, this is an important one. Just across the board, this game is, is good. The Kings are six point dogs, but it's a two thirty six and a half and a half total. And wait till we get to, you know, Ty- Tyrese Halliburton's questionable as well on the other side of this one, that team's got nothing to play for either. So who knows what they do there. But uh, if we kick it off with Sacramento, you're talking Davian Mitchell, you're talking about Damian Jones, Harrison Barnes, uh, even even someone like uh, Metu, like all of these guys are are viable today and several of them in the front court specifically where you love getting value are close to minimum salary. Yeah, I mean, this team really stands out because for one, it's a good matchup against Indiana, uh, 115 implied total for Sacramento. But then two, you're just taking both of your like dominant players off the floor at the same time. We don't have much of a sample this year of Sabonis, Fox, and Halliburton all being off the floor for Sacramento. But in 337 minutes without them for Davion Mitchell, he's at a fantasy point per minute, 24.5% usage rate, 29.3% assist percentage. Kind of an example of, um, uh, you know, in a lot of cases, with especially with guards, 
it, it's like a reminder of just how good everybody in the NBA is or 99% of the people in the NBA are because, you know, Mitchell's just somebody that normally you're like, oh, yeah, he's not really a high usage guy. He doesn't do a ton. You know, he plays really good defense, whatever. And then you just take guys off the floor and it's like, oh, he's a 25% usage rate guy that produces at, you know, fantasy point per minute. So um, it makes him look really good, even at the somewhat elevated $5,200 price tag. Damian Jones in 204 minutes, 1.03 DraftKings points per minute. Barnes is at 0.98 in 131 minutes. Uh, You're going to get increased run or you would expect to get increased run at least for some combination of DiVincenzo, Holiday, potentially Lamb. Um, so I think Mitchell is clearly a priority. I think Damian Jones is clearly a priority. And then it's kind of just mixing and matching DiVincenzo, Barnes, Lyles, Metu, Holiday, Lamb, um, sort of just throwing darts across the board there. If you're running like a, a wowie qu- query here, are you just taking Sabonis, Fox, and Halliburton off? So I did just to see how many minutes we had. Um, and Mitchell leads the way with 337 this year. If like, if I don't adjust for Halliburton and just take off Fox and Sabonis, then obviously you get a larger sample size because Sabonis wasn't even on the team most of the year. Um, but if you do that, you're talking about 0.82 DraftKings points from, for, uh, per minute for Mitchell. But you have to keep in mind that that's with Tyrese Halliburton out there for like two thirds of those minutes. Yeah. Mitchell's what I think one fantasy point per minute in, 337 minutes isn't a horrible sample. No, I mean, it gives you an idea, at least directionally, of what's going on. Because, like, the the, the pretty crazy thing with Mitchell, and it's just, it's easily explanatory, you're easily explained. Like, if you you take Caliburton off the floor as well, you're talking about 337 minutes with that 24.5% usage rate, and I think I said 29% assist percentage. If If you ignore Caliburton, you get up to 907 minutes from Mitchell, Usage rate goes to 21.2%. Assist percentage goes to 21.2%. But then you look and Halliburton has a 39.2% assist percentage. So yeah, it's uh, you know pretty obvious what's going on there. Mitchell's just a fantastic play today. I mean, he played 41 minutes in regulation last game. You know, he's going to get, he's going to continue to play big, big minutes. He's a young, you know, young guy. Why not get him ample run uh, if you're going to tank against Indy? Uh, yeah, he might not be minimum salary, but 5,200 still seems not only reasonable, but underpriced given his role right now. Yeah. Uh, and go ahead. To, to, to your point, like that's the kind of guy the Kings should be wanting to play now too. Right. Um, like one, he's their best option. Like if they were still delusional and trying to win games, he's their best option. And two, even if not, like they should want Davion Mitchell playing. I mean, this is the best. Is this the best team on the slate right now? Uh, that we've talked about so far, for sure. Yeah. Indy. Oh, yeah. Not even not even a question. Uh, Indiana, not so much. But really, this comes down to whether or not Halliburton uh, is out, right? Because if Halliburton sits, don't you think we could actually look to some $7,800 Brogdon and feel pretty good about that against a, a Sacramento Kings team that plays at an elevated pace, is missing most, you know, they're good players, doesn't have you know, a, a superior defense by any stretch. Like, Brogdon could become a pretty solid option here if Halliburton is out. Yeah, and I mean, I don't mind him if Halliburton's in. I think that it's a case where, like, if Halliburton is in, Brogdon's, you know, a pretty solid tournament play, second-tier type guy where um, he's not going to get a ton of ownership. You're probably not going to get a ton of uh, exposure to him individually, but it's the kind of guy that you can mix into a lineup where you, you know, you want a contrarian piece or two. Um, Brogdon certainly has has upside, but if you take Halliburton out, then you do expect – 
at least somewhat of a usage bump. You certainly expect a bump in assist percentage for Brogdon, um, and it would make him look a lot better. You would certainly think so. I mean, if you were to take Halliburton off, you have no Sabonis anymore. Who else do you look? Buddy Heald's not someone that you're really too worried about taking away facilitating opportunities or anything like that. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm looking now to see what we have from Brogdon without Sabonis, Levert, or Halliburton this year. Yeah, so 225 minutes, 1.33 DraftKings points per minute. And uh, what's his usage? 30.31. Yeah, 31%. Pretty solid. Yeah, it's not bad. But aside from that, there's nothing really that, that looks great here. No, I don't think so. I mean, it's still likely to be a high-scoring game, so it's another game where it's like, you know, if Halliburton's in, you could certainly get him here and there. Same goes for Heald, Jackson, Brissett, you know, whatever you want to do. But um, they're they're pretty much correctly priced or even a little bit overpriced, I think with the exception of Brogdon. I think Brogdon is more so like correctly priced, shaded a little bit underpriced if Halliburton's in and pretty clearly underpriced if Halliburton's out. Jordan, YouTube's back. We're good. We're up and running. Yes, I, I see myself now. Okay, good stuff. Good stuff. Now we're good to go. So if you're on Twitch, I know Jordan mentioned that in the chat, but if you're on Twitch, you're watching on another platform, if you wanted to head back over to YouTube, well, we got you. We're good to go, at least for now. Let's keep it going then. Utah and Boston. I mean, this is, I think you mentioned to me before the show, your favorite game of the slate. So I'm just going to let you run with this one. I have no problem sitting back and listening. The Boston Celtics, uh, five point favorites at home, two nineteen and a half total. Tell me why you love this game. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> God, I just I don't want to talk about it. Boyan Bogdanovich and Daniel House are out, by the way. Uh, yeah, it's it's just another game that I think looks pretty similar to uh, what we've talked about so far. You know, Gobert at seventy eight hundred. I think you could argue is a little bit underpriced, but then when you factor in the number of centers that you have and the relatively limited positions that you have to, to play them in, it's still just kind of like a correct price tag for Gobert where you're going to get to him in some lineups, but you're not going to be prioritizing him, I don't think. Uh, Mitchell looks correctly priced. Conley in this spot at 5,800 doesn't really stand out. So um, outside of getting to some Gobert and you know maybe a little bit of Mitchell, I don't really see much from the Utah side. And it's kind of similar on the Boston side. Um, Jason Tatum, 10-1. Never a bad option, but not an ideal matchup and just, you know, a ton of good plays on the slate. It's going to make it difficult to really prioritize him. You have Marcus Smart and Robert Williams, both probable. So the value that we got last game doesn't exist from Boston here. Uh, you're just kind of talking about a bunch of correctly priced guys. I think Tatum is the most underpriced of the group. But, um, you know, again, at 10,100, you're going to have plenty of alternatives up there. Man, I set that up so nice. I had you maybe almost thinking that you did say something before the show. I was like, it's pretty crazy that everybody knows I do not look at the slate until I'm talking about it. And I still had a strong take on Celtics and Jazz. <laughs> uh, hey, where is that? Kit Cloud Kicker said, can't stay and watch. Stopped in to hit the thumbs up. What a guy. I mean, just, just the, the best type of people out there like you, Kit. Thanks, man. Hit that thumbs up, too, if you guys haven't done so. We're almost at 100. Had some technical difficulties. Not our fault. Uh, but we did have some, and we're still here. We're still grinding. All right, Brooklyn and Memphis. Let's get into this. Uh, now, let me just throw this out there. Injury news early in the day. You guys know 
so much is 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 going to change on an 11 game slate. It's just the way it is. But we can get a good idea of certain teams in certain spots and certain news that's important. You'll have live before lock, deeper dive tonight, all of that coming up. Locks before lock starting at 415. But Aldridge is out for Brooklyn. Goran Dragic is doubtful. And Seth Curry is questionable. So here's what I'm thinking, Adam. You got them against Memphis, 237 total. They're laying two and a half on the road. Uh, do you... Do you see this being a spot where you can look at somebody like um, you can look at someone like Goran Dragic being out and take anything away from it that make because because Kyrie Irving is back. Right. So does it really does it really mean all that much or is there any bench value on, on such a big slate? Yeah, I mean, I don't think it means much because of Irving being back. If Irving were out, then sure, you would get the ball, at least to some extent, you know, in Curry's hands a little bit more, still playing with Kevin Durant, obviously. Um, and it would also mean that you were probably getting a Patty Mills start. But with Irving back, um, if Curry plays, I expect the starting lineup to be Irving, Curry, Brown, Durant, Drummond. And right. then, you know, if Curry's out, that probably becomes Patty Mills, and you can do what you want with $3,400 Patty Mills. Um, but assuming that Curry's in, it. Dragic's status doesn't really change much because you're still talking about like a $5,900 Curry playing alongside Irving and Durant. It's not like he's getting more usage when you replace Dragic with Irving. Um, so it, it really doesn't change a whole lot. It doesn't make them a very appealing team either. No, it doesn't. It's, you know, Durant, always a good play. Irving, always a high upside play. If you want to take some shots on $5,700 Drummond and hope that you get the game where he plays, you know, 24 to 26 minutes, that's fine. But, you know, I don't think that it's it, – like, I don't think that's, like, a much more appealing spot than other similar spots. For example, Mitchell Robinson for $200 less facing Charlotte, kind of the same play to me, except I think more likely to play more minutes. So, um, yeah, it's, not, it's another team where, like, I think the guys at the top, Durant and Irving, look fine as they always do. But beyond that, I don't really see much. David Porter, you skipped Boston, Utah, I think. <laughs> Honestly, don't even blame you for thinking that, David. No, we went over that quickly. It's just we hit on it. I just gave the floor to Adam. There's not a lot to talk about there. And, and any time that I get to talk about a game by myself, that game is lasting like 45 seconds. Yeah. Well, but I mean, wouldn't you rather us talk about the games that are actually good? Uh, yeah. You know, uh, like Memphis, on the other hand, no John Moran today. Nice. We got that news a little early. We knew about that. He's sidelined. So Tyus Jones, man, the amount of lineups with Tyus Jones, Davian Mitchell, and Damian Jones today is going to be preposterously high. Yeah. But I mean, it's like good job, DraftKings, for at least making him 4,600, I guess, instead of 34 or whatever. But like 4,600 is still a horrible, I mean, a great price tag for Tyus Jones with Moran out. It's a horrible price tag if you're trying to like not have him be a million percent owned. Uh, what do we have right now? We have him at 35%. So, yep. I mean, like that, that's kind of the nice thing about 11 game slates is that you do just still, you know, the, the, the highest owned guys, you know, you're looking at 45, 39, 35% for these guys. So um, at least it's not, you know, 70, 80%, but uh, it's still just a complete mispricing for somebody that's likely to give you 30 to 32 minutes at close to a fantasy point per minute. Uh, pretty Dude, easy. Tyus Jones is 43 on Fandle. Davian Mitchell's 46. Jalen Brunson's 53. Dylan Brooks is 48. I, yeah. I, I, that's, that's nuts. 
Yeah, it, it, overall, from like a strategy standpoint, it creates a situation where, and this is one of the things that I, I find like the most difficult to communicate on a show, I think. And I always feel like there's like the biggest disconnect between chat and like what they should probably be doing. Most, if not all of those guys are overowned in the sense that they're going to get more ownership than they deserve if you're just looking at their chances of success. But because you have eight or nine lineup spots, depending on you know what site we're talking about, you don't have to have every single player. Like you can't just judge it by saying, you know, if a player is overowned, they're a bad tournament play because you still have other roster spots that you can use to get under owned guys. And you're still trying to build a lineup that has a good chance of success. You're not trying to just like grab the most under owned guys and win once every decade. Like you, you still want lineups <laughs> that that are likely to do well. So that's the issue that that you run into is um you know, yes, I think that any of these guys we talk about are technically overowned, but I still think they're great tournament plays. Um, like we had that conversation with Obi Toppin yesterday, where like, yeah, he he's overowned, like he's seventy whatever percent owned. Um, you can find ways around him, but you're just going to make better lineups by having him, and that's that's what you're going to run into with a lot of these guys too. Absolutely, yeah, good way to put it. And you have the boom bust tool at Awesomeo that makes it a lot easier too. Like you can see what the optimal lineup probability is, their boom score, the bust score, what the leverage score is based on, you know, their optimal lineup probability and uh, their ownership, all of that stuff. And I love this tool because you can just use it for ownership. You can lose, use it for optimal percentage for leverage. You can, we have the, the actual fantasy point projection in there. There's like everything. And you can sort by team and position just as you would with our ownership projection. So uh, yeah, it's awesome. Awesome.com slash join. You want to get the NBA pass? Do it up. $29.95 for the month. You could do the whole year for every sport. You got baseball coming up. Um, you have you have hockey, PGA, NASCAR, UFC, esports, everything. We got content for all of them. Uh, all these tools created by Awesome himself. You know who he is, Alex Baker. Actually, you'll be on with him tonight, right? You and Alex do Wednesday night? Sure. For the deeper don't you I've do definitely Wednesday? looked at the schedule today. No, don't you do Wednesday night? I know, Jordan, but I'm just trying to see if he actually knows this. Don't yeah, you do uh, every he, Wednesday yeah, night yeah, with me, Alex? Me and Alex. Me and Alex. Yeah. Yeah, every Wednesday. Well, also, yeah, every every Wednesday, except for there was like a month and a half gap where it wasn't every Wednesday. Oh, oh, that's a good point. Okay, right. But Alex was out. So, I mean. Anyway. Yeah, I think he was like, I don't remember if he was getting married or just on like a permanent honeymoon or what he was doing. But <laughs> there was like a really long gap where. There uh, was a hiatus there. Yeah. yeah. Awesome.com slash join. You can even do an express pass for basketball, less than $5 a week. We got you covered on anything, no matter what your budget style of play, how serious you are. Uh, check it out. Ownership projections, player projections, top stack, boom, bust owners, uh, lineup builder, all of it. Uh, and the premium discord, check out the discord. If you're going to get in and use the office hours where you got the pros that are at awesome. answering your questions and helping you better your game as well. So awesome.com slash join. Hopefully we'll see you over there. All right. So outside of Tyus Jones, is there anybody that stands? And like I said, Dylan Brooks on, on Fandle is 4,800. He's predictably getting a lot of ownership, $5,600 on DraftKings. But then you start seeing some of these prices balance themselves out a little bit, leaving little meat on the bone. But maybe there's some value there. I don't know. Is there value in, in Jaron Jackson, Desmond Bain here at their very low ownerships? Um, I guess it's more like upside than value. I think that they're pretty 
much correctly priced. Uh, Brooks probably still a little bit underpriced at 5,600, but certainly no glaring values other than Tyus Jones here. But you still just get really high ceilings because when you take John Morant off, typically Tyus Jones, like he's a good playmaker, he's a good facilitator. Typically, he's not going to be doing a ton of scoring and taking over offensively. So you get a path to, um, you know, just a higher ceiling for guys like Brooks and uh, Jaron Jackson. I'm pulling it up now to see how many minutes or, or what it looks like when Jackson and Brooks have shared the floor without Morant. 326 minutes together, 1.09 DraftKings points per minute for Brooks, 30.4% usage rate, 1.27 DraftKings points per minute for Jackson, 27.6% usage rate. Bain has played 199 of those 326 minutes, 1.14 DraftKings points per minute, 20.2% usage rate. So extremely efficient shooting there. That per minute production probably comes down. But the point is that Somebody on like Tyus Jones clearly projects as the best DFS option, but that's in large part because of his playmaking. Somebody out of Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson, Dylan Brooks being the most likely three is going to take over offensively as a scorer. Top plays outside of if you had to pick one of these guys outside of Tyus Jones and Dylan Brooks, who, who would it be? I think Bain. Okay. Um, Steven, uh, and also just to throw it out there, Steven Adams isn't a bad play here either. Um, you know, certainly can give you 30 minutes and produce at 5,800, but he's just kind of, you know, in that mix with Drummond, with Robinson, um, but didn't want to completely not mention him. All right. All right. Five down, six to go. Shout out to our sponsor, No House Advantage. If you guys haven't checked them out yet, they got DFS essentially turned into a player prop platform. It is player prop contest where you're building lineups no salary cap, just the over or the under on props. You're building a lineup. You're taking the ones you like the most. They go at the top. They get the most points. The ones at the bottom, you're least confident, get the fewest points. You're playing against everybody else, just as you would in any other DFS contest, except in this case, it's all player props, which you can use all of the research you've taken throughout watching these shows for looking at our tools uh, and apply it straight to No House Advantage, especially given that we have the free every three, 365 days a year, No House Advantage projections and the optimal lineup tool. We got Odd Shopper, which gives you our projections, gives you the expected win rate on all of that. And you have our player prop tool over at Osmo. Everything totally free, at least for now, that you can use over there. And when you go over, use the promo code Osmo, A-W-E-S-E-M-O, get $25 deposit bonus. Everybody does when they sign up and deposit for the first time. Got mass entry capability, big prize pools, uh, and all of the free tools like I talked about that you can take advantage of. And all of the props are static at No House Advantage, which is a huge difference. They don't change throughout the day. So you might not think you might think everyone's gonna know about that. You're wrong. You're still gonna find you're still gonna find an edge there more than you would at some of these other sites. There's no doubt about that. Use the tools, use the promo code AWESOMO, get your $25, go to nohouseadvantage.com or download it in the App Store or in the Google Play Store. NHA, sponsor of the Strategy Show. All right, let's talk about Golden State. Man, this team's flailing, Adam. They just dropped a, they got a tough stretch of games on this five-game road stretch coming up, and they just dropped the game to, uh, to the Orlando Magic. They dropped, they, they, they produced 90 points there. Jordan Poole was, was dismal from the field. Clay Thompson just decided he didn't feel like being there. And there was essentially nothing good about this game at all. And now they're going up against the Miami heat. I've got to tell you, uh, even with Curry out here, you're seeing a lot of the price points continue to climb. 
I am wildly underwhelmed with this Golden State Warriors squad tonight. Yeah, uh, so am I. Um, have we gotten confirmation on Thompson? I thought last I had seen was that they hadn't decided if he was going to play today. I haven't seen anything. No, I was saying he decided he wasn't going to play last. Yeah, night. no, I know. I, I know. Oh. I was just asking if we had. I, I haven't seen anything yet. Um, here's my guess. My guess is he does play, and I'll tell you why. And this is this is just kind of shooting from the hip here. 32 minutes yesterday after he played 38 minutes the game before that, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Kerr's idea was to give him like 32 and 30 or 32 and 32 instead of running him for big minutes in each of those days. Yeah, I think I'm kind of with you, especially because like he barely pl- – he, he played the final two minutes of the first half, but that's kind of weird. Like obviously he could have played a lot more. Um, it was not his normal rotation, by the way. Yeah. 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 So, so I'm kind of with you there. Um, Obviously it has an impact at least to some extent, because like if he's out, not only is there more usage to go around than Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins, you know, get more of it, but you can then also get to play the Steve Kerr guessing game of which of the nine guys off the bench is going to play better. But um, if Thompson is in 8,100 against Miami, like sure you can get there. He he certainly has a ceiling. Um, Same can be said for for Jordan Poole at 7,600, but this is still a tough matchup. It's still a slate where you have so many options. Um, You know, like again, if this were a four game slate, like last night, I would still be pretty interested in Jordan Poole and Clay Thompson despite the matchup. But uh, given the matchup, given the slate size, I think it just kind of looks like secondary options here. The one piece that looks like they are probably underpriced, um, Kaminga at 4,100 if people sit like Porter, I I think is probably pretty likely not to play today. And then if Thompson sits, you could certainly get plenty of playing time from a $4,100 Kaminga. I'll give you something crazy here. Warriors have the lowest implied total on the slate by over four points. That's yeah. That's pretty nuts. Yeah. They're just, they're just not very appealing. They're not very appealing. And somebody said clay is overrated, but doesn't even know how to spell clay's name. So I think it's fair to say that uh, I at least understand how little respect you give him. (laughs) <laughs> yeah you must hate the guy uh yeah clay's pretty good plus he's returning from like a a nine-year knee injury yeah and i think clay has actually like always been underrated because he plays next to curry he's a spectacular player it's funny who was the one guy that got no who was the one guy that like the whole league was was upset about that didn't get into the all-time 75 it was clay thompson People talked about that for like months. You remember that? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I didn't until you mentioned it, but now I do. Yeah. But that means, you, well, of course you remember because I mentioned it and you, and you recollected. Look, the, I knew it. I knew it happened. I just. Right. 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 I wasn't asking if you were thinking about it before I said it. I was like, just, if, <laughs> if I had had to guess like outside of, I mean, obviously I would have gotten it right. Cause we were just talking about Clay Thompson, but like, if you had said at the start of the show, what player were, were was everyone upset? Oh, gotcha. the, okay. I would have been I like, I have had, no idea. I just, I got to refresh your memory a little yeah. bit. All right. So Miami, we're waiting on Butler. I, I don't see, I think he's going to play, but you have like Butler, Oladipo, Caleb Martin. They're all questionable. Uh, Gabe Vincent's out. If we just assume all of them are in, is it, is there any, like Bam, I guess a sub 8K that looks pretty decent. Yeah, if, if they're all in, Butler and Bam look okay. Still not like priorities, more so like Malcolm Brogdon looks for Indiana if Halliburton is in. Just, 
you know, reasonably priced, maybe a little bit underpriced. Um, I guess the obligatory PJ Tucker is $3,300 and probably playing 26 to 28 minutes uh, mentioned, but it's also PJ Tucker and we aren't really short on value on this slate. But yeah, if those guys are in, nothing really stands out. If you take Butler out, you know, we kind of know at this point that Adebayo's rates go up, Hero and Lowry look a bit better. Um, but assuming they're in, nothing really stands out to me for Miami. All right. Couple easy games to get through for sure. Phoenix and Minnesota. So the Phoenix Suns are what's the spread? One and a half point favorites, 236 total. You're still without Cameron Johnson here. So let's uh let's go ahead and break this one down, starting with with Phoenix, and then we'll get to the, the Timberwolves. Is is this gonna be one of those days where you just want to get to the LeBrons and you want to get to the, I, I don't, I don't think so though. I mean, I'm looking at Embiid. I think that's a fine price against the Lakers, but I still think there's a little bit of room to get to some of these nine K guys like, like Devin Booker today against the Timberwolves in a very high total game. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, six games for Booker now without Chris Paul and with Cameron Payne, um, 1.45 DraftKings points per minute, 30.1% usage rate, 29% assist percentage. Not a bad matchup here against Minnesota. Um, I assume he'll draw some Patrick Beverly if that's something that concerns you. But um, for me personally, individual defense isn't something I care about all that much. 9,300, I think, is just still underpriced on Booker, uh, especially in a game that is likely to be high scoring. The rest of this team is more so just like correctly priced where I'll still get to some Aiton, some pain, maybe some Bridges, but... Uh, nothing really standing out to me beyond Booker. Okay. Yeah, there's nothing else there. And, you know, all of these prices have really just adjusted to the point where you're not going to find a lot. Uh, Beverly, yeah, Beverly defensively, he can make life tough. He can make life difficult on you, Adam, but that's not Yeah, it's just one of those, like, I feel like Beverly's one of those guys where um, if – like coincidentally, somebody he's playing has a bad game. Then you see it's like the three highlights where Patrick Beverly made a good defensive play. And right. it's just like, oh, well, that's why you don't play guys against Patrick Beverly. And then in the games where they just, the, the opposing player just has a normal game, just nobody thinks about it or mentions it. That's a good point. Definitely a good point. Didn't, um, ah, never mind. I thought the big, I thought that Westbrook's big game came against it recently, but it didn't. I'm not sure. I know Luca's bad game came against them. It did. It did. And yeah, you definitely heard about Beverly there for sure. But like, I, I still remember from earlier this year, uh, it was, it was like Memphis and Minnesota and me and whoever I was doing the show with like John Moran and people were like talking about Patrick Beverly and then Morant has a bad game and people were like, Oh, see, told you. And you go back, Morant shot like, you know, three for 15 from three or something. And it's just like, Oh, okay. I don't think a lot of that had to do with Beverly. Right. Yeah, DeJounte Murray just dropped 30 against Minnesota last week. So, like you're saying, you can always – no one will ever mention the games where Beverly's out there guarding a player and he gets cooked. It's only the ones where the player gets gets shut down. Right, and it's not even like he has to get cooked. Like, it's one individual player defensively over the course of a game with, like, how fast the NBA play, plays now and all of that, especially a regular season game, is not going to have that much of an impact – from a DFS standpoint. Right. And if you can tell, and the thing for me though, is if you can tell me, uh, you know, as prolific a shooter as Booker or any of these guys are still going to, you know, get off the same, the same shot volume as always, you know, that that's what I care about. For me, it's, 
you know, our teams forcing the, and it's a lot of times you can't predict this is going to happen, but our teams forcing the ball out of a player's hand to go elsewhere. That's what I don't like. If, if they're still shooting, just I, I'll be okay with the volume in the minutes. Yeah. And that's, that's a good point too. Cause I, I remember, I'm sure you remember uh, Kawhi Island, but that was one where yeah. it where wasn't they fro- that they froze him out is what they were calling it. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't a matter of like Kawhi is shutting this guy down and you can't play him. It's that the team is voluntarily making this guy stand out of bounds so that Kawhi doesn't play defense. And obviously yeah. in that case, you're not getting many shots up. Right. That was a lot different. That was right. a lot, lot different. Um, I don't even know if we have any scenarios like that anymore. Not that I can really think of, at least in the regular season. It sounds like a good thing to do if you have an elite defender against a team that really only has one guy that they can rely yeah, on. Yeah, you're just playing four on four without <laughs> their best player. Without, right, exactly, <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right, th- talk to me about Minnesota. Do you, Is Beverly priced uh, at a decent enough spot where you want to get there? Is the, I don't know. Edwards, Towns, and uh, D'Angelo Russell, all of these guys are just very blah today going into this one, especially at their price points. Yeah, it's what we normally see when Minnesota is is healthy. And, I mean, Towns is questionable for what it's worth. I don't think it's likely he sits, but if he did, that would open some stuff up. But I'm assuming he's in. You know, Towns, Russell, Edwards, Beverly, I think they all look just pretty good at their price tags. You get to them here and there. You don't prioritize them, and you kind of just move on. Uh, if Towns is out, then, you know, you get bumps in usage for Russell and Edwards. You get Nas Reed looking like another phenomenal value at 3,800. Um, but again, assuming Towns plays. So kind of just a team with, like, it, it's another team where they have, like, three or four fine, like, neutral plays and nothing that really stands out. So I, I'm going to go back on where I was yesterday kind of revisit this with you as we move over to Orlando and Oklahoma city and ask, could this actually be the Cole Anthony game? You have no Jalen Suggs. You have no Markel Fultz. You have a matchup against the Oklahoma city thunder, a low total two twenty and a half. but Orlando laying one and a half on the road should be. When I say competitive, I use the term loosely in that it should not be a game that gets insanely out of control. And Carter Jr. is also questionable. I mean, maybe this ends up being the Cole Anthony game, Adam. Yeah, I mean, it's possible. The concern that I have mostly is still just the playing time. I mean, you got another 29 minutes yesterday. He also had an 18.3% usage rate. Um, You know, that goes with what you were saying, that you've just seen a a decrease in usage recently from him. Um, And especially when you consider that Suggs has missed a decent amount of games, that's kind of surprising. So he's still somebody that I think has the ability to outperform this price tag. But if you had asked me two months ago, like if you give me this situation two, three months ago with, but, but like, you know, you had Anthony's production up to that point, you had Anthony playing 34 minutes. I would really, really like Anthony here. It's kind of just like, um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if he does well, but I have no confidence in him whatsoever. Yeah. If Carter's out, then that should benefit his usage as well. And obviously you guys know I feel the same way. I'm just saying if there was ever going to be a a spot, it's with Suggs and Fultz off the floor, you know, like maybe there's an advantage there uh, and the matchup is really good. The problem is, and this is this is the issue for me, his price has come up $400 overnight too. It's not like he's even getting cheaper or staying the same. Yeah, exactly. Um, and Fultz is a, is a good point too. Like maybe you get a few extra minutes there, but yeah, the, the salary moved a little bit as well. Um, and then you also have to keep in mind, everything's relative. And 
you know, yeah, 6,700 for Anthony, I think is, is fine. But when you just think about guards that we've talked about, uh, Davion Mitchell, clearly underpriced. Tyus Jones, clearly underpriced. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, at the top end, Trey Young looks good. Uh, I'm sure there's a couple that, you know, Kyrie is, is always good. DeJounte um, Murray is going up against Portland. Right. You might have Brogdon without Halliburton. You know, it's, it's shaping up to be a very deep guard slate. Oh, yeah. and then we have, you know, the Dallas guys. Like, it's going to be a very difficult slate, I think, to play guards that you're kind of neutral about. Totally agree. Uh, but, I mean, RJ Hampton getting 10% right now seems pretty egregious, too, given this guy's insane lack of production. Yeah, he's he's one of those, like, he, he always projects as a good point per dollar value just because he is cheap. He is likely to play around 28 minutes. And, like, cool, he'll get you 22 to 24 DraftKings points at 4,100. If he's getting ownership on this slate, I don't think it's very difficult to just find alternatives to him. Um, not to say he's a bad play, but it's it's one of those where it kind of goes back to what I was saying before about the not, you know, like not every quote-unquote overowned player being created equally. When you talk about guys like Tyus Jones that are just, like, not, like wildly likely to be successful – and then you talk about somebody like RJ Hampton. Yeah, he's getting less ownership. But if I'm building a lineup, I'm prioritizing getting to Jones and finding something lower owned than Hampton as opposed to saying like, oh, yeah, I'll take Hampton here and not play Tyus Jones. Yep. Yeah, that that does. And he's like a, he's like a, a rich man's Aaron Wiggins at this point. So, yeah, and not a not a bad comp. No, and that's not saying much. I mean, it's saying very little about Aaron Wiggins, though. Yeah. Uh, Oklahoma City on the other side. So SGA is questionable. I, I want to say I think he plays, but at, at this point, there's real, there's really no rhyme or reason. If you want to sit the guy because it's a lost season and they're playing for nothing, go ahead and sit him. But uh, can we just give them some credit? Even against Boston, he goes 13 for 23. Uh, he shoots four of four from three. Finishes with 31 points and nine assists against the Boston Celtics defense. I mean, this guy just gets it done. It's crazy. Yeah, he keeps playing through Q tags when we kind of expect him to rest, and he keeps being good. So um, assuming he's in tonight, he's another very, very good guard option. Only 9,700, not a bad matchup against Orlando. You know, 30, give or take, 35% usage and assist percentage without Josh Giddy on the floor, likely to give you 34-plus minutes. I think he looks great at 9,700. Um, if he's out, it's a bump for guys like Trey Mann, um, potentially Teo Maladon at 3,300. But assuming he's in, Gildas Alexander looks great to me. And then it's kind of just, you know, getting to a little bit of Baisley, Mann, Pogoshevsky, uh, Roby, if Sar is out. Like, any of those guys are fine. But Gildas Alexander looks like the the clear priority. Yeah, Saw was out the other night, and my God, was Roby disastrous or what? Yeah, still played 26 minutes, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not saying it means you don't go back to him. Just that, I mean, it was as bad was as awful. it could possibly yeah. get. Yeah. 12, yeah, I mean, this is someone that averages about a fa uh, DraftKings point per minute for the season, and he averaged less than half of a fantasy point per minute in that game. Look what he shot from the field. What are you – I don't have it in front of me. Oh, uh, he's 0 for 6. Yeah, that's not Just, great. Just completely irrelevant in that seven point nine percent usage rate minus yeah. fifteen yeah. zero points. It was bad, very yeah. bad. Houston. Well, if there's one thing we know about Isaiah Roby, it probably means he's dropping fifty tonight. Yeah. Well, that's the thing you said. He is about a per minute one fantasy point per minute guy. It's not like we haven't seen big games from him. You know. Yeah, I mean, if like if Sar is in, 
Roby's just so risky because, I mean, one, you get potential performance issues, but two, you never have any idea how many minutes this guy is going to play. But if Sar is out, then you at least can feel a little bit better about the playing time. Uh, but, you know, then it's still, you know, what he's still on Oklahoma City and it's a matter of, you know, what is he going to do? Yeah, Christian, Christian Wood is coming off two outstanding games in his last three. He, he shot eight of nine from three. Last, you and I were talking about it last yesterday morning. I was I was enamored watching this guy play the other day. 14 of 18. I think it was you that said he basically you saw that Washington was up by a lot and that they were going to sit the starters. And then and then Houston was winning in blowout fashion. That was all Christian Wood. Eight of nine from three, 39 points, 10 boards, 64 fantasy points. And then two games back against Indy, he goes for 32, 13, and seven with five stocks and 70 fantasy points. I, I can't stress enough. How, and I'm listen, I'm just just going on. I'm, I'm not saying that you, this is a guy that you should be getting to with frequency tonight against Dallas, but it's hard to stress enough what this guy's ceiling looks like when they're playing in competitive games and he's getting starter minutes. It's one of the best out there. Yeah. And one good trend we've seen in those couple of games, and it probably, you know, at least in some part goes hand to hand with how well he was playing, but you did get 36 minutes against Washington. You got 34 minutes in the game against Indiana and Shane Goon played 21 and a half minutes against Indiana, yep. 24 minutes against Washington. So that's one thing that we've had to pay attention to with Wood all season long is what is Steven Silas Jr. doing with the Shangun rotation because it's unlikely that they ever go into a game and say like, okay, we're just going to play Shangun 10 to 12 minutes and, you know, just play him behind Christian Wood and let Wood play 36 minutes. Um, but if they're going to play him alongside each other, that makes it a lot easier for Wood to get the 34 to 36 minutes because you're just getting Shangun to his 20 minutes, you know, with some of those minutes coming alongside Christian Wood. So the fact that we've been seeing them back to doing that recently and when he's playing well, at least getting Wood 34 to 36 minutes, I still don't think you can prioritize him at this price tag, but you know, you're right. Like the, the ceiling here is massive because not only do you have a lot of volatility in Christian Woods production, which is always nice in tournaments, but you have volatility in his playing time in that if he always played 34 to 36 minutes, he would not be $8,300. He'd be um, 10K if he right. played 36 minutes a night. And yeah, if he played 36 minutes 10. a night, he'd be pushing 10K. Yeah. Um, so, and you can't project him for that either because you no. know, on average, because of blowouts and sometimes just not getting as many minutes, like you're looking at, you know, 31, 32 minutes on average. But having that sort of volatility does always make someone um, that can produce at his level an appealing tournament option. No question. And especially when you're as good a three-point shooter, at least recently, as he is. Actually, he's 40% on the season. He's a 40% three-point shooter on the season. So, yeah. yeah. And a good rebounder. But, yeah, I, I just, you know, guy to keep an eye on, he, especially if they're going to be in somewhat competitive games. But for the most part, Houston is just a black hole of, of production today. Yeah, pretty much. Um, $6,300 Porter, $5,800 Green. $4,200 Tate, like nothing that looks great, nothing that really looks bad, just kind of one of the less appealing teams overall. On the other hand, though, look at look at this yeah. Dallas team. Spencer Dinwiddie, Jalen Brunson, you can even throw guys like DFS and Reggie Bullock into the mix, but uh, when you take a guy off the floor like Luka Doncic, it has, you know one of the most insane impacts. I would say even more <clears throat> than taking someone like, Don, uh, like Jokic off the floor, because 
the guys around Jokic just aren't very good at all. So they'd still be very, very, very good value. No doubt about it. But, you know, Dinwiddie and Brunson are guys that can also light it up. So you're taking 37% usage, 45% assist rate, 14% rebound rate, and voiding that across the, what, 36 minutes per night that he's playing. It just opens everything up, and they're facing the fastest-paced team and worst defense in the league. Yeah, great matchup. Um, and like you said, it's um, it's not that you're just opening up usage or just opening up assists. You're just opening up everything for this team. And so Brunson and Dinwiddie have played 129 minutes alongside each other without Luka this year. Dinwiddie's averaged 1.32 DraftKings points per minute on 30, 30.5% usage, 30.5% assist percentage. Brunson's at 1.03 DraftKings points per minute, 26% usage, 25% assist percentage. I also expect that they'll have their minutes staggered. So you're probably getting, what, a third, like 30 to 35% of each guy's minutes uh, without the other one on the floor. Overall this year without Luka and Porzingis out there, Brunson's at 1.14 DraftKings points per minute. Dinwiddie's at 1.35. Uh, it obviously makes both of those guys look very good. But then it also you know, opens the door for potentially more rebounding opportunities for Dwight Powell at 4,800. Uh, more production maybe for Reggie Bullock at 4,200. Finney Smith at 5,400 you know, doesn't look bad. So I think obviously the priorities are, are um, Dinwiddie and Brunson, but 0.85 DraftKings points per minute for, for Finney Smith, 0.68 for Bullock without... Luca and Porzingis, obviously not very good there, but probably playing a lot of minutes. Dwight Powell's at 0.84 DraftKings points per minute with a 14.2% rebounding percentage without those guys on the floor. Maxi's at 0.87 DraftKings points per minute. Um, this team looks phenomenal. Are you sticking with three max on yep. this team? Yeah. I, I don't, yeah. The, I think just some a lot of this usage is going to be concentrated towards Dinwiddie and Brunson. So yeah, I mean it's just it's the slate size too. Like whoever the fourth guy is, he can have a good point per dollar game. But like to win a tournament, you exactly you you need all of the spots to do well usually. And there's already like we already know there's good value on this. Right. Slate. Yeah. It's it would be different if it were like you know yesterday and everybody's correctly priced and then dallas has all of this like yeah sure go to four but um 11 games like the opportunity cost for a position is still massive so do you think we get any type of shake up in the starting lineup today or should it just be as predicted what was i don't remember what they started i'm pulling it up now what they started last game um so i'm expecting that you get this yeah i think you get the same lineup as last game but with dinwiddie starting in place of luca right yeah so that's just gonna we don't even need to go any further with this one. It's pretty obvious what, what you should be doing with this team. And, uh, you know, Dinwiddie and Brunson, two by far, two of the, the best plays on the slate, neither of them overpriced. When you take Luca off, the effect is, is massive. Just, um, and that's all we need to know. Hey, yeah, so uh, Brunson, Brunson ahead, and Dinwiddie, clearly the top two. And then Finney Smith, Powell, Bullock, Kleba, all solid plays as well. Two games to go here. But before we do, let me say hi to uh, Breaks of Good. We haven't done this one in a while. Fantasy sports fans, what if you caught a break with the potential to net a couple hundred thousand dollars with less than a hundred dollar investment? Well, we have great news because BreaksofGod.com is the place to catch that break. Breaks of God is the latest sports card collecting trend to catch fire in America and it's how sports card collectors of all ages are building high-value card uh, collections without huge investments or risks. 
It has quickly become a popular and economical way for sports fans to get potentially high value or rare cards without having to buy a ridiculous $1,500 box or case themselves. From football to baseball and everything in between, there are many slot options available for under $100 so you can get in on the big money action. Breaks of God box breaks dramatically increase your odds of getting big money premium sports trading cards for a fraction of the cost of expensive, hard-to-get boxes. All the cards are broken from sealed premium boxes live on Instagram, and the cards are shipped directly to you for free when the live break is over. Slots are limited, so get in on this fast. And to learn more about how you can hit big money cards, this is the important part, listen up, and get 30% off your first break. Go to breaksofgod.com slash A30, like awesome, A30, 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 that's breaksofgod.com slash A30, and get 30% off your first break. Also make sure to follow them on Instagram at Breaks of God. Philadelphia, Lakers. We've got Philly on the road, seven and a half point favorites. Everybody's healthy for this team. LeBron, uh, Embiid and Harden, those were maintenance days. We know that much. Embiid's getting a ton of ownership today against the Lakers, man. 24%. I mean, he should absolutely destroy this team. You would certainly think so. God, Harden sub 10K too. I mean. Uh, Pretty favorable pricing on the Sixers here. I would say so. I, I know Embiid is the go-to guy here for sure, but I, I think, you know, what you and I were talking about with, with, with Christian Wood is, is applicable to James Harden just in the sense of even if he's not coming out there and ripping off the, you know, 70-point games each night, there's always the potential for James Harden, who's playing 40 minutes a night plus minutes a night in regulation in a lot of these games, right? 42, 44, 42, 42, 39, 38 over his last four. I don't know. Maybe I'm a sucker here, but but sub 10K is against the Lakers definitely ha has me interested. Yeah, so he's played 11 games now with Embiid. He's averaged 1.34 DraftKings points per minute, and he's averaged 38 minutes per game. If you just you know take those averages, you're talking about like a 50-point projection, and that's without accounting for the fact that he's playing the Lakers. Um, yeah, he, he's just – he's really cheap. He looks like another very, very good guard option. And then Embiid similarly. I think it's just – you know, yeah, he has to contend with Harden now, but I think he's still 500 to $1,000 underpriced. 1.63 DraftKings points per minute in those 11 games, 35.3 minutes per game. And good luck with whatever answer the Lakers think they have. Like, I've already seen people in chat saying, oh, the Lakers are going to have to play Dwight Howard to slow down Embiid. Like, maybe that's better than their alternatives, but – that's not the answer. <laughs> no, it's not. Uh, any other interest? The only other guy I'll ask you about, uh, any interest in someone like Maxi, or can we just move on to the Lakers? I think we can pretty much move on to the Lakers. I mean, Harris and Maxi both are cheap enough where it's not crazy to think they could have a good game here, but there's just so many guys that I would get to before <laughs> them, uh, given Embiid and Harden being back. So I know, you know Embiid's in a great spot, a lot of high-end guys in great spots, but I really actually like LeBron a lot at sub 10%. I know that he's more expensive than a lot of these guys, but his last 10 game, he has a 35% usage rate, which you're like, all right, yeah, that's, that's high. But then you consider that he's playing 39 minutes per game over that stretch. So you get 35% usage rate, 39 minutes per game. 
<clears throat> and while you might look at this as a bad matchup, the one thing about this Sixers defense, they're really bad in transition defense. LeBron's one of the best, second best, actually, behind Giannis this season, transition scores in the league. I, I, think, I think LeBron can go nuclear here again, and you just see, like, huge games from all of the, you know, the big three in, in Embiid, LeBron, and James Harden. I agree with you. Um, one other thing that's nice about LeBron is that he does have forward eligibility. And so, you know, Embiid, you know, obviously there's a higher opportunity cost at center. We've already talked about 100 guards that we like, and Harden is just another one. Um, there's not right. as many forwards that we've liked at all on this slate. So that helps out LeBron a little bit as well. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. I think it's a good matchup for him too. Um, I do expect Dwight Howard to remain in the starting lineup. Uh, he started against Cleveland, played like 12 minutes. I think you could get more minutes here too because, you know, again, I don't think he's the answer at all, but it might just be a case of, well, it's better than anything else that we have. Um I still don't think I end up, you know, really taking shots at him at 3,600. But if Wenyan Gabriel Gabriel remains in the starting lineup, uh, he's only 3,500, and he did get power forward eligibility on DraftKings. He had been center only previously. Uh, he played 30 minutes and change last game, was able to avoid foul trouble. Um, at that price tag, I think he's actually a decent value. Okay. I can dig it. Ready to wrap this one up? Yep. Not bad timing. We've been doing pretty good on these strategy shows, keeping them flowing along, get some good content information, maybe a little entertainment along the way. San Antonio and the Portland Trailblazers. Can you hit that thumbs up too? 24 from 100. I'm about to sneeze. Let me look at the... Look at the light. Needed to look at the light. Did I get the mute in on time, Jordan? Professionalism at its finest. Did you get me off the screen in time? Didn't think so. Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. I, I mean, I would not expect him to do that. That was rapid fire right there. But uh, yeah, what we got, we're almost at 200 likes. It'd be nice to get there. I got 500 people watching, had some difficulties earlier. YouTube's fault, not ours. Uh, but, you know, helps the algorithm, <laughs> helps the algorithm, helps the algorithm. All right. Um, let's talk about San Antonio and Portland. Whoa. The, what's up? Uh, the Chiefs have given Tyreek Hill permission to seek a trade. What? Despite an offer from the Chiefs that would make superstar Tyreek Hill one of the highest paid receivers, extension talks have stalled and Kansas City has now given Hill's agent permission to seek a trade. Yo. I, I mean, I hope he goes to Cleveland and we just get to watch the world burn. Yeah, or Cleveland burn again. Well, yeah. That, Something, that will has happen. Something bad will happen. I mean, it would be funny if it just like, God, I don't know. It's just like going from Patrick Mahomes to anything at this point. Obviously, yeah. Deshaun Watson's not the worst downgrade, but man, what a, that's weird. Yeah. Is it because he wants more money? I don't know. Or he just, yeah, it, was, it, was, it was a Rappaport tweet. So also a decent chance it's total bullshit, but um, I, yeah, I don't know. It didn't give a reason. Hmm. All right. Well, they got uh they got um Juju Smith Schuster now, so maybe. Yeah, yeah. They lost to Marcus Robinson though. What's that? They lost to Marcus Robinson though. But they got they got the potato, potato chip. chip. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's uh let's wrap this one. <laughs> San Antonio Spurs 
I think anytime you got DeJounte Murray against Portland, it's a it's a pretty viable spot here. Uh, a matter of fact, I don't even think a guy like Keldon Johnson is the word we talked about. There aren't a lot of forwards. If you're trying to get different, I don't think Keldon Johnson against Portland's that bad. His potential assists are up considerably lately, which is really interesting to me. He plays huge minutes in close games, which who knows if this will be. And this guy can go out there and rip up, get like 10 threes up as well. But I mean, obviously, DeJounte Murray. And then I think I for me, I like DeJounte Murray a lot. But I think you could make an argument that Pirtle and, and Devin uh, Vassell and, and Keldon Johnson, kind of like all of those guys fall into the category of, yeah, if I end up with some of them, I'm perfectly fine with it against Portland. Yeah, um, I agree. And San Antonio, once again, without Lonnie Walker, so and obviously McDermott. So um, there, there should be plenty of minutes available. Uh, Johnson, I agree with you. 6,500, not a price tag that I'm like going out of my Wait, way to Pringles get on the Bears now? Really? Sorry. Um, yeah, so I mean, Johnson, like, I don't think I'm going out of my way to get to 60 to, to him at 6,500, but uh, if he ends up in a lineup here and there, I think it's fine. It's obviously a good spot. Pirtle at 6,400, I think, looks like a good value. I love DeJounte Murray at 10 3. The issue is just, you know, again, I there's like 12 guards on the slate that I think are fantastic. Um, I think Murray's towards the upper end there at only 10,300, but you know, it's still uh, typically I'm not going to take like a huge stand saying, oh, well. I'm very confident DeJounte Murray is going to be the highest scorer out of these 10 guys that all project for 50-plus fantasy points. Um, but he obviously looks great. If you get to some Vassell at 5,700, some Josh Primo at 3,500 even, I don't have any issues with, with those either. Can't believe he's on the Bears now. All right, Portland. Dude, what, what a disaster. But there's no Anthony Simons again, and there's no Josh Hart. Um does anybody look good to you? I mean, Hart being out certainly opens up production, but you have gotten some increasing price tags as well. Brandon Williams at 6,800 looks okay, but it's just so tough to play a guard today that that looks decent. Um, same can be said for like Eubanks, the $5,900 or $6,000 center. Winslow is a $5,900 Ford. Um, even Don, you know, $4,200. I think that he's someone you could use as a pivot to like RJ Hampton or, you know, if you had to get off of Tyus Jones in a lineup for whatever reason, but I don't think he's really like, I don't think he's comparable to Jones. Um, but you know, he's getting 6% ownership compared to, I think it was 10 on Hampton. So it, it's a bunch of guys that kind of just look neutral. Nothing that stands out. I, I like the San Antonio side way more. Me too. All right. Uh, last thing on this <laughs> jets and dolphins are the two teams in serious talks for Tyreek Hill. You cannot refuse to sign a contract with Patrick Mahomes That's and then go to the Jets or the Dolphins. That's what I'm saying, man. Could you imagine? Like, maybe Wilson ends up being fine. Uh, to, uh, but the, the, the insane downgrade from Patrick Mahomes. Like, a perennial Super Bowl contender, and you'd rather go to the Jets? I, look. I'm not making the decisions. I, I don't know what else goes on behind the scenes. I mean, I would rather go to New York City or Miami than Kansas City. I haven't been to Kansas City. I've heard good things. I still feel pretty confident in saying that. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I guess it depends on whether you care about winning or not, right? I'm serious. So I, I feel yeah. like there's some players out there that would just, you know, rather take the additional money and and uh, and not really give a shit about winning, where other ones would rather win. Yeah, and, and honestly, I kind of think that's something that, players get like too much heat for sometimes like 
yeah, it's easy to say, oh, well, all I would care about is winning, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, or you could spend your like late 20s in Miami with a <laughs> shit ton of money. I think the, the, the thing there would be essentially like, if you don't care about winning that much, are you, are you putting everything in? Right, it? right. I'm yeah. not saying you're not, but that would definitely be perception, right? Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah. I mean, I can, I get it as like a red flag. The, but, but that's more from like an organizational standpoint too. Like the, you know, people, people on Twitter or Facebook or whatever that are like, oh, this guy's already won, you know, an NFL championship. He obviously doesn't care about winning. Like, I can't imagine, you know, doing that. It's like, well, I don't know. I, I think there's worse things that you could prioritize than being rich in a major city. Yep. Uh, yeah, the whole Marquez Valdez Scantling thing, though. Uh, if if he did come to the Chiefs, I, I know you guys are joking about it in chat, but if Hill was gone and MVS was on the Chiefs, his fantasy value would go through the fucking roof. Oh yeah. Right. He's a deep threat. You know that's what he does, and we saw what Rogers could do with him, even when he was targeting Adams. You know, with like a 35% target share. Anyway, we'll wrap it up with this. Andrew Kang, thanks for the super chat. Uh, what's up, guys? Even though their price points are different, do you think Dinwiddie or Brunson has more usage or pretty even? Um, so based on what we've seen, I, like if I if you give me even odds, I would guess Dinwiddie has more usage, but um, it should be really close, especially considering I expect their minutes to be staggered. And, and he's only played a, 157 minutes without Doncic and Porzingis. Right. And from a fantasy standpoint, it doesn't really matter that much. Like, uh, yeah, again, like based on what we've seen, Dinwiddie's produced a little bit better, but I expect it to – I view them pretty much as the same guy in the same spot. Appreciate you guys. By the way, six likes to 100. If you forgot – Tone for your sins. Get us there. Much appreciated. Subscribe to the channel and uh, follow Adam at Ship My Money DFS. Me at Lafay underscore D. Fun show as always. We'll catch you back here. Shout out to our wonderful producer Jordan Klein, and we'll see you here tomorrow. But remember, NHL strategy show today. Yahoo strategy show with Greg and myself in 45 minutes. Locks before lock at 4:15. Deeper dive at 4:45. Live before lock at six. After show at seven to 7:30. Peace.